We need a catchphrase. I've got one. I've got okay. one. Okay. Right. Uh, it's too late to listen to this podcast. Why are you insulting us? No, no, like dumb like, comic creators. It's too late to listen to this podcast. So then why would anybody listen to this podcast? It doesn't make any sense. You're already saying no. I've, I've, I'm a type of cup is half full type of person, and that's a cup is half empty. It's too late? It's no. too late. No, it's not too late. It's, every single time you want to listen to this podcast is the exact right time to listen to this podcast. Funeral, right time. Wedding, right time. Too late. No, it's too late. Perfect. No, no, it's too late. No, it's not too late. No, I think it's like, uh, it, it's kind of like, uh, it's a funny catchphrase, you see? No, it's not funny. It's no, no, it's that. like, that's why it's good. It's, it's funny. It's not funny. No, it makes it makes no sense, so it's good. This is not, you know, Norm McDonald wearing like a big hat, going funny hat, you know, big hat, funny, not funny. No, it's funny. funny. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. funny. Get it? It's not funny. Yeah. I get. I that's his. Uh, that's his Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, it's his Burt Reynolds. Funny hat. Funny hat. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Funny, not funny. Uh, it's too late to listen to this podcast. So. No. Um, but it's, you know what it's not too late to do? Introduce what? ourselves. Okay, I'm Keegan Shiner. I'm Eric Schwartz, and together we are. Uh, and together <laughs> we are. Podcasting. No, we're not. We are <laughs> podcasting, but who are we together? Oh, dumb comic creators. We are dumb comic creators. Who are we together is a better way of phrasing that. That's what I said. Who are we together? No, you didn't. You said, and together we are. And together we are. And together podcasting. We- and together we are podcasting. Who are we together? Dumb comic creators. Together we are dumb comic creators. It's too late to listen to this podcast. I don't know. No. It's not too late to listen to this podcast. I'm sure half our audience already turned it off because it's so bad. Okay. Well, uh, I have a very, it's a very special episode because it's all about uh, my project, which mm-hmm. is unusual for us. Um, but we do have a guest, and I'm going to introduce him. His name is Alex, Alex Woods. 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 Okay. No. <laughs> Please stop that. <laughs> you just said that it was a. You just said that you were done, like pronouncing people's names wrong. I didn't pronounce it wrong. I'm pretty sure it's Alex Woods. Is it Alex Woods? Only have in I, Chicago. Have I been doing this wrong <laughs> in my entire life? Yeah. I've done that before. I've said somebody's name wrong. Yeah, for a previous guest <laughs> wrong. We've had it wrong the entire time. From day one, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so Alex and I met in college, and we worked on a screenplay, and it was after you graduated from Purdue, right? That we started, uh, or did we start well, in college? Like days after I graduated from Purdue, because we started it on a uh, road trip around Italy. Okay. Okay. So, and then uh, you went off and started working somewhere. And like, see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> I, I coverted your, uh, where you work so that no one would know. Um, and then. <laughs> I don't work there anymore, remember? He works at a job at a (laughs) location. That's what he does for a living. He's at a job at a location. Wait, did you go on the tugboat then? No, no, the tugboat's for beforehand. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Okay, so nobody knows where you were working, but you were working and I was in college and we worked on this screenplay uh, during that year, right? Or just that summer? 
so my recollection is that <laughs> we we actually started the screenplay on the bus from Purdue to Chicago before <laughs> flying out to Italy to do 16 days with the Purdue Jazz Band. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, after we got back, we continued working on it for probably, a, I think we did the first draft, draft probably within a year of that uh, first attempt. And then we got involved that next summer, I think, in a screenwriting contest and pumped out the second and third drafts in record time Yeah. after yeah. that. Yeah, we were, we were rolling as writers yeah because uh yeah at that point i think that's when you moved out to la yeah yeah so i moved to la to work uh in production and i worked at a media company and i was like shopping our screenplay around like the way that they tell you not to shop a screenplay right <laughs> like, like i was sending query letters unsolicited i was like uh trying to talk to producers about my screenplay uh, just randomly, and uh, I think we entered one contest, uh, but I I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I think it was just that one random guy's contest. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> that was about it. But I, I think I think I even sent drafts. I I sent like the actual physical manuscript to several, uh, like MGM. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember you saying and that. Sony it, and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which you're not supposed to do again. Like, just not, don't do that. <laughs> and I uh, say, go for it, shoot for the stars, because you missed, you land on the moon. Yeah, thanks, Eric. <laughs> uh, and, and all then, that cheese on the moon. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, this wasn't like the time where animation was like king. This was like 2009 where like Hotel Transylvania was the only competition to Pixar and like every every other computer generated animation looked like terrible bricks moving through air you know it was like it was not the uh there was this was not a time to be asking for multi million dollar budgets or you know like uh what else do we have in this comic like meta humans and um dogmen which which are like half dog half man mm -hmm. yeah if i recall you actually got a few folks to actually read the script and mostly yeah. they said oh that seems like a cool idea but we don't have the money to do it who would ever <laughs> do, yeah who could possibly afford this right whereas like today maybe you could get some company to do it because they just need content right yeah they're like yeah we'll get some ukrainian animation company to do this and <laughs> <laughs> superheroes are big now <laughs> yeah and it'll be on like paramount's like sister company deep in the web deep in the web it'll be streaming somewhere right <laughs> like wherever louder milk used to be that's where it would have been at this point i don't even Apparently, HBO had like a separate HBO type of place where this series Louder Milk. Have you heard of that? I've I've never heard of that. Well, now it's on Amazon Prime. Everyone should check out Louder Milk. It's really good. It has Ron Livingston in it. And oh, nice. Yeah, it's a really, really, really funny series. I'd never heard of it. 
apparently it was on <laughs> apparently it's like four seasons in and it was on some random streaming platform i'd never heard of too that is wow. now, that is when now it's, dead yeah when it's so different for from hbo's regular content that they don't even put it on cinemax <laughs> <laughs> right exactly yeah it was uh yeah so um so we could have maybe maybe 10 years later we could have uh made it made it alex as a screenplay well one day <laughs> but one of the options we did have back then was a company that was converting screenplays to comic books because that was one of the like hip new ways to try and pitch your movie idea to hollywood right hey mm -hmm. here's literally a comic book of my movie if you want to just read that you know and, and visualize that yeah and um yeah, that was around the same time that Kick-Ass came out, I think, where it right. was literally, it was exactly that plan. It was, <laughs> oh, we made this graphic novel. Here, make a movie of it. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, of course, you know the rest of the story. Every single movie is made from a comic book now. Anything that you see has been a comic book before. So, uh, so we were just on, we were on the edge of being, we were pioneers, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe that we were uh, we were into supervillains before it was cool. Before and yeah. uh, and into gr graphic novel conversions before it was uh, mainstream. And then uh, yeah, and then the weird thing is like two years later, after we pitched our idea and I mailed copies of our script to every studio, uh, Despicable Me and that other uh, supervillain animation film. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. What was that called? It was the Megamind. Megamind. Almost identical uh, movies about supervillain main character, past his prime, mm -hmm. lost, lost his hero, you know, lost his arch nemesis, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, very similar very concept. Similar. So I'm sure like somebody stole it. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Not similar enough for the lawsuit, I guess. No, no, probably not. Or the, at least that was my under my thought was that we probably couldn't sue, even if we wanted to. You know. Yeah, yeah. You probably didn't have a case. Plus, do you want to spend the money on a lawyer? No, no. not really. Not really. <laughs> so, uh, what didn't we have, Alex, when we were looking at the comic book option? Uh, was... Cash flow, I think, was the Any issue. Cash, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so flash forward uh, five, six, seven years, maybe. And I had a job and I was out of grad school. So Brag much? Yeah. And I was like, I could probably make this a comic book now. So uh, I actually did the conversion of the script myself and started a podcast and found an artist and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, that's kind of where where this uh, and then I and then I told you about it, right? And it was like I started right, kind yeah, of yeah. the ball rolling, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I should probably tell Alex I'm doing this." <laughs> and and what was your reaction when I told you I was making this a comic book? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a uh, that's a great idea. Don't let me slow you down. <laughs> okay uh, and that's that's a great partner fyi uh great creative partner somebody who's just like go for it and see what happens yeah um 
So uh, the script, it, what, the script, it was the nefarious Mr. Green. The comic book is the nefarious Mr. Green. The title hasn't changed. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but did the script change, Alex? Talk, talk about what you have read so far. Yeah, so I, I went through the, uh, the comic as you, you had it, and I uh, actually went back to some of our oldest drafts of the, uh, the, the whole thing. So it, the oldest one I had was dated to like June 15th, 2008 or something like oh that. God. So I think it was, um, it, it must literally have been a couple of weeks after you got back from Italy. Oh, yeah. You had taken the notebook that we were writing this script down on by hand <laughs> in and converted it. And uh, I was actually shocked that the uh, the plot and the, the lines and everything were almost word for word what went into the uh, the, the graphic novel. Oh, really? And then the, um, yeah, I was very surprised. Uh, because I thought we'd changed it actually uh, more than that over time. Yeah. But we sort of did, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but then the uh, the section where then you have uh, Mr. Green playing a prank on Dax Shepard for having bit up the uh, the Actium the Hero yeah. um, portrait. That whole thing was uh, sort of a similar idea in the original, but it was a whole Ashton Kutcher uh, prank instead. So weirdly, I thought that Ashton Kutcher was too old and was like, and as of the writing of this comic book, he was married to Demi Moore. Still. Demi Moore, yeah. But like- Is he not? <laughs> during, the, dur during the production of this comic, I think they divorced and he married M Mila Kunis and had two kids. I don't know if that time timeline is correct, but like, now he would work again, right? Because he has two small kids. Again. Yeah, yeah, he's been in the news again. Yeah. <laughs> so we could totally change it back to Ashton Kutcher, but Dax Shepard, uh, famous podcaster right now, and has two kids, um, or a couple kids, and not that that's important uh, to listeners because we're not explaining this at all. <laughs> so they're like, why, why are the kids important? Are you scared about getting a cease and desist order from them? Uh, a little bit, but the idea was that it was satire. Actually, also that's... Be, yeah. Also, too, it's nothing personal. I don't think it's big enough that currently <laughs> you have to really worry about that. Like, yeah, you know, I, I would love to, to have a cease and desist order from them, I think. You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, I would frame it, and then, and then I would also cease and desist. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and change the, uh, the target character back to Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, right. Yeah, so he could send me one, too. Hey, it's a great way themselves? to collect autographs. Yeah, right. <laughs> See, <laughs> autographs of their lawyers, anyway. Yeah. Just uh, put on the list of like a of speed of a list actors. But that's a good point. All right, so the comic is about a supervillain, and he's he's his main arch nemesis. He killed right, um, mm -hmm. and and so he he's he does like a TV show within his like underground city where he. He does like little evil things. And so he plays a prank on the guys from Punked. 
one either Dax Shepard or Ashton Kutcher, depending on the script screenplay. Uh, in this in this comic, it's Dax Shepard, who was in Punked. That was the whole point. It was he was also in Punked, and that's how he was kind of like known, got rose to fame was through Punked. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. So so I thought, oh, brilliant! It it all works, and he's really big right now. Although he's he's not big right now because he relapsed. <laughs> oh. Which is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we'll go back. Uh, so, uh, and then other stuff happens in the comic, which we can talk about on the podcast. I just, uh, not to reveal it too much before we get into it. And the whole point of having Alex on tonight is to talk about any possible changes to the art or uh, script um, or color that, that you guys might've seen that I can then send the artist before we have a final proof, like a final version of the, of the comic. So uh, I sent Eric and Alex the, the comic earlier today, and we're going to go through it. That's kind of the whole point of the episode. Um, I hope that setup was not too long and informative. <laughs> uh, cool. So guys, why don't we start with first impressions? Eric, go. Um. I thought it was just like very dark in tone was my big impression intention. Like the colors are very muted. Like um, the original saving private Ryan, like they purposely by 60% reduced the color tones to kind of like give it like that kind of like ambiance. Yeah. They shouldn't say qua, I guess. I don't know. Um, and I felt that was very much part of this too. Like it very much was not uh, bright and flamboyant colors. Okay. So I thought it was like, there was times that like I was trying to make sure that like what things were trying to stick out and what wasn't. Okay. That was my first impression. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. I, I actually think the um the color schemes did a good job of conveying exactly how like third rate these these heroes are <laughs> and the how third rate the, the whole operation it. is. Uh no, I I'm not trying to defend or or anything uh the the art style it's just um in the sense that yeah it, it is flat colors in a lot of ways um and then in a, a few instances he actually goes to very bright colors almost to i think uh emphasize how ridiculous some of the the things are for instance uh well i guess if we're going frame by frame i won't uh <laughs> We'll jump ahead too far. Well, I don't. I don't think we have to go frame by frame. Or I. I don't know the best way to do this, but like uh, so, the first couple pages is very dark because it's nighttime and they're just sneaking in. And then if you jump ahead to like the fifth page when they're like in the jungle, that's when it becomes less muted, less and more brightly colored. Okay. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So. So what what else, Alex? First impressions of the actually reading the comic as the writer. Um, I'm trying to. Th there were only a couple of specific things that uh, popped out at me, but um, yeah, I enjoyed how the uh, artist was developing the the features of the characters themselves in such a way that, um, you know, it, 
it sort of emphasized what their internal demeanor was. You see the uh, sort of the middle-aged uh, fatigue yeah. that Mr. Green has. You see the uh, sort of the shitty background that um, the heroes have had before they they appear on screen in this comic. Um, that sort of thing. Yeah, you see just how dull the life is for the henchmen that are stuck behind the uh, the camera all the time. But it, but the the joy that they also get um, really setting up all these hurdles for the heroes to uh, overcome. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. So. Um... Let's talk really fast about just like the character. Like the does the character look like he looked in your head? <laughs> um, so Mr. Green sort of has a uh, almost a Bill Murray look to him. And mm -hmm. uh, I really like that. Uh, I, I think Bill Murray was probably one of the inspirations in my head uh, okay. as to that that character. Yeah, he's kind of got this goofy side, right? And yeah. Yeah. Like he, With, he doesn't the bite of like a Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna go full Ghostbusters on this one. Yeah, without the edge. <laughs> without the edge of a uh, Aykroyd or the nerd dumb of a uh, of a Remus, but uh, <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think that was one of the things I sent Luis was like, try and make him a little bit, um, you know, bill billish, you know, Murrayish, Murray-esque. And so it's not like a direct copy, but he's got some of the features and he's got some chubby cheeks, I do have to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are some times where I think just this part of his cheeks are... It's almost distracting. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was like part of his like activating his superpowers. It was like his cheeks got there. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it is. It's not how I, I envisioned it. But... <laughs> it's a collaborative process. <laughs> what about Cyclonic? Um, yeah, it's a, a good question. I thought that Cyclonic... Um, he came across as a little bit more Mr. Ice than, uh, or Mr. Freeze, I guess is what I mean to say, yeah. uh, than I think I had in my head. But, um, you know, I sort of imagined him also, almost as like a, there's a high-powered bro C CEO type of character in my head. Right, right for him and I, i'm not sure that came across with the coloring quite as he's very pale that might be something that we could tell like change the skin tone maybe tanner yeah yeah it was uh, I, I like the suit i might be able to change the head up a little bit i don't think that would be too much work actually he's only on a few pages yeah yeah, I'm okay with that. I kind of like the suit. Yeah, I like the suit too. So, like, maybe we'll just ask for a, a quick couple of changes on his on his head. 
Um, okay, and then like I, I'm not going to go into specifics about the other characters, like Molly and uh, Huffington are the two other main characters that kind of pop up quite often in the rest of the script in the rest of the books coming up um and i thought they were pretty good so yeah i I think so too uh molly sort of has that irish militant uh yeah uh look to her and uh huffington sort of evokes that almost um uh, i'm trying to remember the action star's name (laughs) uh it must be a big star then yeah jason statham jason statham that's it okay and then what's weird is like dax shepherd who we've mentioned quite a few times now looks nothing like dax shepherd in this uh oh really look like that too it's like a random dax shepherd a random person like a random person so like provide the artist with a picture or no no but like any google search of the scripts could have easily popped up a picture <laughs> he's a very famous actor uh so yeah his wife doesn't look like him or look like that in real life either <laughs> his wife is more famous than him it's Kristen. uh Kristen bell bell yeah um i was hoping that she would be a sloth i'm not gonna lie i i i think honestly that i'm willing to just cut out deck shepherd's name are you, what do you think of that, Alex? Uh, I'm okay with it. Um, I would just say the the bit partially works because it is somebody famous. And uh, well, except that I guess the the punchline is that he wasn't going to hurt anybody after all. And yeah, um, but he's still causing all kinds of chaos and destruction and wasting people's money. Uh, just having fun, essentially, or trying to. Um, so I, I guess that probably works with even a fictional th- philanthropist or something, or yeah, movie yeah. star, if if we wanted to go that way. Yeah, I think fictional movie star. Maybe add some sunglasses on top of his head to make him look more Hollywood. Sure. Yeah. Almost a uh, Johnny Cage type yeah. of thing. <laughs> something like that. Uh, okay um cool so okay so let's talk specifics now about the script itself um uh there is one particular panel in that sequence that i would recommend updating a little bit uh where the bus flies into the high school yeah um i had completely forgotten that it was a high school because in our well, it had been a very long time since I'd read the script, to be completely honest. But okay. Okay. in the script, we actually said something along the, along the lines of big flashing letters, Mr. Green's High School, or something like that, to to make it clear what exactly he's doing with that bus. And um, uh, okay. it, it doesn't yeah. come across as meaningful uh, in <laughs> in the novel the way it's written right now. I'm not sure that a big banner saying what it is would help but because there you don't have quite the same visual okay so eric uh how did you read that what'd you think um i read it honestly as two separate stories pretty much it like it was like two stories kind of tacked into each other with a small bridge 
um, because there is like the first to- story which could have been its own separate thing, and its second story which is its own separate thing. Wait, Eric, no, about the. <laughs> We're, we're talking about a specific panel. <laughs> Which panel? Sorry. Read the comic again. About the bus thing, Eric, the bus. How did you read that sequence? Like The magic school bus part. Let me go back to that really quickly. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. It's not like we're on a time limit or live <laughs> on a podcast. I, I mean, I, I think you're right as far as the two separate stories. <laughs> I know, because that's why I was like, thinking about it no you're you're absolutely right in fact like the comic is so being in the first comic book script i wrote i wrote way too many panels into my first draft and then obviously luis helped me like increase the number of pages for this comic so like the full version is 37 pages i'm sure some of our listeners can relate to this problem or understand what happened uh so I have no problem with it being 37 pages, but that's almost two books, right? Uh, if a book is about 20 pages or, or so, like a few more pages and this could be two issues, you know? Um, but so you're, you're right that there are basically two stories. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I don't really, I don't mind that as a setup for the world. Um, I don't know. Okay, uh, back to the bus. Back to the back bus. To the bus. I thought it was fine. I just don't know what he they blow up. It's just like a mystery to me. Just like a office building or something. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, so I will talk to Luis about that. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah, it was like um, at a certain point in the process, I think we agreed like like back and forth on on like uh, edits wasn't going to make sense because he had so many other projects. So now is like a good time to change some of these things and he, he'll have no problem doing that. So that's a good note. I'm going to try and clear up that, that sequence. Mm-hmm. Also, you kind of, like, it doesn't really say it. I guess he's supposed to show it that he has to do something for her and that it's, he has to spend whatever people want. He buys for the computers for that, that day or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's not s- super clear there. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Like you, you can figure it out in context, but yeah, yes. it takes a little bit to to think about about okay. it based on what uh, Mr. Green says on the next page. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, that makes sense. All right. So what's what's next, um, Alex? You said you have a couple of specifics. Um, I'm definitely blanking on the other specific right now, so we might as well just go forward. <laughs> okay, uh, Eric, your notes. Again, just two separate stories. Almost like I kind of almost wish that this was like, like the first half was enlarged with them it ending with the bad guy showing up, uh, chubby cheeks, um, and like. That and them getting defeated, and then the next is the story with him, like in Dex Shepard. That's how I kind of feel. Oh, two separate issues. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So you didn't see much of a transition. There's a the transition really is her sh- or is that a him or a her? It has to be a him. Um, showing up 
and defeating uh, the razor and the laser guy. Yeah. And that's it. It's kind of like abrupt almost. It's kind of like, and here's a 180, you're dead. Right. That was kind of the whole point. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, and I think the way story-wise that it was intended to, we intended to do it that way because it sort of hits a, a little flat and it's intentional that we did it that way because it demonstrates why Mr. Green is feeling pretty unfulfilled really by the, the life he has running this corporation right now. Like he, he's got no challenges to overcome any longer that he's interested in. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd almost, yeah, I would almost say that it wouldn't be a great idea to, to end it at the point where they begin the showdown, just in the sense that uh, that builds the reader up for the the other hero, the heroes to actually do a much better job than they end up doing. Um, and it, it, I mean, you can show that like he's feeling unfulfilled in like different ways, though. Too, I mean, because again, it's just so i feel like it's rushed is almost how much i feel because you spend a lot of time with the dax shepherd stuff not everything else i don't know the the page count there is um i don't know what the page count is what page i don't think i think it's about half and half eric you you split up 50 50 like like there's the first half which is so um the showdown begin so like you get introduced to Mr. Green, um, uh, page, or yeah, it page, looks uh, like nine. about four pages of Dex Shepard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the beginning is about beginning pages. Is yeah, or the beginning until the introduction to Mr. Green is twenty pages. Twenty pages about. For the whole showdown yeah. sequence, I'd say. And then, so 20, 20, so the rest of the book is 16 pages. That's about even. Yeah, and then the, the Dax Shepard thing is only like four pages, yeah. At most, with the introduction, it's like 10 One, pages. Two, three, four, five. Five-ish pages, right? And so, no, yeah, again, it's, that's not the big thing. I just think that, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's, I guess it's just weird to make two columns combined into one. I feel sure. Like, I I would say that if if you were going to cut it off after the, I, I would cut it off after he shoots the the heroes. Yeah. Okay. If, I, if you were going to cut it into two issues, because yeah, that's where you, I would cut it off too. And then I feel like you just show him being unfulfilled, like and like just expanding upon that, and because then like the Dax Shepard thing doesn't feel like it takes up so much of the comic. Okay. Okay. Uh, so anything else with the script? Th those are two good notes. Maybe this will be two issues. Um, I thought the script overall was good, though. I thought it was like an interesting concept. I do like the idea that. Uh, Mr. Green's going from rags to riches, and we have a good. You, you create a world, and I want to know where he's going from that. 
Okay. Because you did create it. Because like the first issue is creating the world, and the second issue is creating the main. Or like, like again, one issue, but and the second issue is creating the main character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Filling out the main character. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's filling out the main character, creating the main character. I don't think like the entire issue is just the artist drawing the character. Like page one, here's me drawing this guy. <laughs> page two, here's me drawing the body. Uh, okay. Um. But, so okay. So was there anything with the art, Alex, that you saw? That you might want to change um beyond what we've already talked about um yeah the the cheeks do feel aggressive <laughs> yes they do feel very aggressive <laughs> i think that's kind of that's sort of his style though like yeah like i wouldn't want to i i think they're very expressive to yeah. be fair um, yeah and I, I don't think it's something that needs to change i think uh yeah we chose this uh this artist for a reason and i, I mean because you were sending me some of the, the prints the <laughs> test prints of people that uh yeah were trying at first and we we saw this in several different styles and uh, uh we liked this style because it sort of evokes the uh the, the characters a little bit better right it's kind of goofy yeah which is the the because it was a super villain comic with some dark elements. We wanted it to make sure that our audience knew it was meant to be a light, a light thing, you know, like not <laughs> not like we're just twisted people that like I don't know. Maybe maybe we wanted them to know it was a comedy, right? Uh -huh. Like like you, yeah. Oh, I I remember the uh, the other specific thing that i uh okay was go it looks like this is um uh page numbers are hard on this ipad yeah <laughs> uh, uh the panel right after the dogmen or the page right after the dog the building of dogmen yeah has the building their, of dogmen okay uh, <laughs> their life cycle um mr <laughs> green is walking into his office building and okay. passes a mural which i remember from the uh from the script was sort of intended to be a mural of one of his climactic battles against actium the hero yeah um, but it doesn't really come across <laughs> yeah and there, there's a couple of characters in there that look like they're part of the KKK. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I see it, this. Yeah, yeah. So you might just want to uh, change a couple things so it's clear who's fighting. What um, is this? I'm so curious now. Uh, page 22, I think, at the bottom or like near the bottom. Yeah, there's there's like a for our listeners, there's like uh, supposed to be a, like a a relief sculpture, right? Which is like what you'd see on the side of a cathedral with all the different figures. Um, usually, they're bishops on the cathedral, but in in this, it's supposed to be like Mister Green fighting his greatest 
foe, which was Actium, the defender. And instead, Luis drew what I thought was hilarious. But but now that I'm hearing this, maybe not appropriate. Uh, it's it's like Batman attacking. It, it, it does look like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Batman attacking an alligator wearing a Ku Klux Klan hat. Uh, and then like there's like some more like <laughs> I don't know. There's some more heroes behind Batman, and I, it's just kind of random. So uh, that might be that. That that's kind of just line art. So I'm sure that 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 can be fixed as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to be fair to Luis, he hadn't drawn Actium the Defender yet. Um, oh, okay. Because in the script, it's that hadn't happened when he drew these panels. So. Yeah, and we never really described him in the script, uh, right. just because he's he's more of a memory as a character than uh, I mean he he shows up like two or three times in conversation, but you never see him outside of that couple moments in the beginning of the right. the story as a portrait or a mural or a statue or whatnot. Right, exactly. So uh, the way he did draw them was completely different than you or I saw. But I thought was actually like a really fresh take. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like this this uh hero with like a lion's head as a hat. <laughs> like, I thought it was like a Hercules. Yeah, it yeah, looks, yeah, it's very much a Heracles uh okay. portrait. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so they I really like that cuz that was like completely against type, you know. We were really going for like a, a DC ripoff kind of thing, you know, where where this is the Joker who's retired. I mean, like to just boil it down, really, to to no parts, like all the way down, boiling it all the way down so, <laughs> to nothing. You know, no atoms left. That's what it is. Uh, so, like, I don't know. So the fact that they didn't put a guy in spandex, I thought was like a cool choice. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So I could have corrected that when he drew it, but I thought, you know, I was like, actually cool. You know, that's actually yeah, I, cool. <laughs> I, I was pretty happy with the the more beast mode type look uh, for, for that character. Yeah. Uh, I just was struggling with the mural <laughs> or the, the relief. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get that. We'll get that cleaned up. I actually, you know what? I, I'm sure that at, that might have been the point where like I was like, uh, can we fix this? And he was like, uh, let's do this at the end. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh and so that's kind of how we finished the the comic was like everything is solid now. What do you want to change? And hopefully it won't be too much because but like minimum. I mean, most of this is really good in my opinion. So Yeah, no, I'm I'm very happy with uh, the way that the screenplay kind of came to life on the page. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, was it fun to like read and see what like in a different format, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's always interesting to see how others interpret kind of what uh, what goes from your head onto the page and uh, to their head and then back onto the page as you know as art and um 
so seeing it that way uh, kind of puts a, a fresh new lens on it, makes you think a little bit differently about the characters. It's it's cool. Yeah. Oh, and let's mention the coloring because Twitch chat just mentioned it, and uh, it really does kick this up a notch, as uh, I think John just told us um, in Twitch chat. Uh, but yeah, do you like the coloring? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Um, it's his style. I gotta say, it's got a lot of gradients, and like, I think there's like a gradient filter on every single panel, but it's his it's his thing and he's uh he told me he was like really learning how to do color this year so i think we we actually benefited from that yeah absolutely what's the um what's your twitch oh it's name? uh yeah we're on twitch when we record uh podcasts we're dumb comic creators on twitch dumb comic creators Yep. Mm -hmm. Talk shows and, and podcasts. Okay. And Alex, you said you were on Twitch too? Yeah. Yeah. I'm under uh, just. Oh boy. This is. Uh, I shouldn't have turned on <laughs> Twitch sound. It... Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm under Zimfar. Zimfar. Z I M P H A R. If you want to find Alex on Twitch. Yeah. It's mostly uh, piano or. Uh, from time to time, I'll play StarCraft too. Okay, those are two good things. Do you, do you just chat? Are you just chatting on Twitch? Uh, not typically. Uh, just as introverted as I can be, I uh, I don't just chat that much. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I meant uh, is that the the thing that you're under when you um just. Wait, is that the oh yeah the game I, that you're playing? No, I, I think I'm under uh, under music. Music. Oh, okay. Because uh, I've primarily used it as just I'll, I'll play the piano for a while, sing along, and uh, and that's what I've been doing <laughs> more than uh, more than the StarCraft or anything else. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Uh, Alex, this has been great. Um, for anyone that has like a comic book uh, close to completion, I highly recommend having people read it and tell you what they think. Um, because these are like thoughts and notes that I wouldn't have even seen because I'm just too close to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Eric, any other thoughts? Um, I'm pretty it's... sure I pronounced Alex's name correct the first time. Okay. Boots? <laughs> so, sometimes Boots. I touch. Sometimes I uh, type it in wrong as Wodos. <laughs> Alex Wodos. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Alex Wodos, thank you. I mean, Woods, uh, thank you for coming on and talking about this. Uh, it was really fun writing this with you. Yeah, and... yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, it's it was, we did a bunch of other screen, we tried to do a bunch of other screenplays too. I'm uh uh, it sort of brought me back down memory lane when I was going through the old revisions because there were probably another eight or nine different stories that we had in various levels of completion. Oh God, we could do a whole episode just on the revisions of this screenplay that we, we did. <laughs> um, and like when I was writing the comic book script, I think 
what what you were like oh you changed the beginning um i actually changed it back to our original 2008 version right of, of uh because we had written this amazing so for anyone who's wondering the beginning is another death maze i've been doing death maze comics some of our <laughs> listeners know what that is uh so the beginning of this comic was meant to be like the great death maze version where the heroes get all the way through to the end of the maze um no spoilers, but they die. And then uh, <laughs> and then the rest of the comic begins. Um, so we did a version of this for the movie version. We, we had it where they were like still in their house and looking at blueprints of the, the underground city and like talking about how they were gonna get in. And as that happened, there was like, it was like, it became voiceover showing them actually doing it. And like the voiceover like split away from what was happening on the screen. So it was like this like dichotomy of like them really failing the mission and like eventually dying, you know, horrifically. And them in their kitchen, like and and, and talking the sequence, about how great it's gonna be. <laughs> and the sequence and they're like, it's gonna be awesome. And they like high five and like and like and to them titles titles yeah yeah ends with them ends with them dying and it flashes back to their kitchen and you're like it'll be awesome uh but for the comic book i actually just thought like that would be hard to like have those narration bubbles like on every single panel and mm -hmm. i'm sure it would have been possible but it, it felt weird for a comic book yeah, and I, I think that uh, for a comic book, yeah, the original revision is a lot more colorful. It's a lot more humorous, and um, yeah, I, I think different stories for different mediums, right? It's totally like campy too. It's like this '60s version of a supervillain layer, right? Too, right. Where you've got like <laughs> like a a jungle room but it's just like a wall that's painted as a jungle and and like a, a planted tree <laughs> you know like <laughs> because that's all that hollywood could afford back then so <laughs> um, so yeah so yeah, yeah the, the whole like thing just feels second rate because you know no one really bothered <laughs> it just wasn't worth it for the right. heroes they were getting anymore and like all the electronics fail because they're old you know because they've been there for 50 years and like or <laughs> just like were never fixed by whoever was supposed to be fixing them and uh yeah uh so that's kind of like yeah so the so our original versions had like more grandiose versions of them breaking in which were also beyond the capabilities of these two characters i thought like some of the, what they were riding in on motorcycles and like blowing up a guard's tower. I was like, I couldn't do that though. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's reasonable. <laughs> They're the shoplifter Avengers, Alex. They're not, <laughs> they're not rated for taking out a guard tower anyway. Uh, that's true. I, and, I think in my head, it wasn't that they were doing a great job of it. It was just getting more and more desperate as oh, okay. uh, as they went along. And the uh, in my head as well, the uh, the guard towers and all the rest basically had a, okay, we're going to let them in because Mr. Green wants to shoot them with a Civil War cannon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
That was a good ending to that sequence, though, was the cannon. Yeah. Because how cool is like a Civil War cannon? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was pretty neat. I think it's but, very uh, cool. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> I answered my But it, it is funny how you, you can write different versions of the same story in different ways, and they both work in different ways. Right. And they mean different things. Yeah. And do they, do they necessarily, I mean, that was a great sequence, but did it necessarily help the overall story of our main character, Mr. Green, you know? Uh, maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. I think we what that cut out was like him in his bedroom. So I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I like the way that uh, that it went back to in the uh, the graphic novel because it does get back more to that malaise. Yeah. So cool, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this thank you for helpful. having me. Feel free to email me if you have any other thoughts that you didn't want to share on the podcast. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and and just know that on the next podcast, I'll tell our listeners if you told me never to publish this comic uh, because it's an embarrassment. Uh, I will. Tell I'd, I'd love to see it go out. <laughs> just uh, spell my name right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Uh, but cool. Yeah. Uh, good to see you, and thanks for coming on. Thank you bye. for having me. Yeah. Good night. Bye. Thank you to Alex Woods. Thanks, Alex. Thanks again. Uh, for being a great guest. Totally helpful having s- some people read your comic before you publish and make changes and and get some opinions and uh, all the good stuff. Yeah, try and finish strong. I mean, like that was actually way more helpful than I thought it would be. I thought we were just going to talk about it a little bit, but but the the notes you guys gave me were really helpful so uh have you read any comics lately i did i did i read a really good and fun comic called crime killers by brian no you read crime killers smashtacular yes by brian judge it's actually called brian judges crime killer smashtacular true (laughs) so we butchered the name three times but i'm proud (laughs) <laughs> uh and what was crime killer smashtacular crime killer smashtacular was um an omnibus an anthology of the character crime killer um but, but also uh had uh, submissions from other artists that yeah. brian other artists, had other writers too yeah, yeah. so um and That's it was like anthology. who they are yeah yeah they have a list. I'll go through them down really quickly of the artists that helped out and worked with it. Daniel Deal, Brian Judd, Robert Nigosko, Christian Gibson, Kyle Kyling, Tim Weinman, Nick Kingetti, Isaac Roller, Scott Pencil, Jake Slingland, Leonardo Hishcomb, Mark E. Moo, Ian McClellan, Diego Maya Mendina, Raymond Salvador, Jared Wolf, and Josh Boehner. Here's how I thought you were going to say that list. Daniel Dial. Brianne Juge, Robert Negoski. You want me to redo it the correct way? Christian Gibson, Kylie Callan. <laughs> do you get the point? I don't want to do the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I get the point. Okay. Uh, yeah, but um, 
sorry. No, it was amazing that you got all the names right. That's all I'm, that's all I'm trying to say. Okay. All right. Tell me about the comic. So the comic, again, as we said, was an anthology of um, Crime Killer, which is a hiller with a, a hero or anti-hero with a robot arm who does not play the middle game of, you know, sending the bad guys to prison. He is no doubt going to kill you and has no, does not care at all and will just kill you right away. And he enjoys it. He's a crime killer. Yeah. He's a crime killer. Yep. Okay. And uh, what what did you, I mean, there's no real story to this. There's it's a bunch never, of different stories. Right? It's a bunch of different stories. I like the character. I think he's fun. And I, I think a character serves, I think it works out well in short bits. Like, I don't think this character is a long, like you can do like a long-term story with him just based yeah. on how they created him. But the short terms, I think it's just fun. It's kind of quick. And it's just like, Oh, you're a bad guy. I'm going to kill you in this variety of ways. It's like, it's, it's a very, it's like the perfect buffet superheroes, how I describe them. That like, it's just this small, quick, kind of fun, dastardly thing to do really quickly. And, and you just brought to mind the ambiguously gay duo, you know, uh -huh. where it's like just one bit, you know, yeah. one, it's one joke, one note, and, and it's done quickly. You're in, you're out, and uh, and that's exactly what Crime Killer is like. It's just one note. <laughs> There's nothing else to it, you know. Uh, actually, a whole omnibus of this uh, was almost too much. It was almost like ho hum by the end for me. I mean, it, towards well, also because like I like Brian Judge's take on it. Other people had different takes on it, which was just different. weird. Yeah, it was weird. weird. Yeah. Like it was like. Like, because Brian Judge, I think, had like the has like just the like just the no pity version of him, and the other ones almost made him too nice in certain ways. Right, like traditional style art. Yeah, it didn't like, work as well. Yeah. It didn't work as well. It like it it wasn't that it was horrible. It just didn't work. Like it was the character that you knew and loved. Um, uh, let me see. If... And then there were like cartoony ones. I mean, some of them were really clever. I think my favorite was of the whole book actually wasn't a Brian judge. It was the one where like all the different crime killers attacked each other. I also like my favorite non Brian judge one is the one where like they made all crime legal and he just didn't know what to do. Cause it's kind of oh, funny. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm going to find a law and he finally finds somebody that can break the law. And then he yeah, realized he yeah. has to kill himself. My favorite was the one where like state endorsed crime killer shows up and then there was cop killer and then crimes against America killer yeah. and then thought crime killer and then the real crime killer. And then there was like the life crime killer of the great abyss. <laughs> and then there was also the anti-life crime killer. <laughs> There's a lot. It was good. And then the crimes against fashion killer, the grammar Nazi, the financial crime killer, yeah, the environmental crime killer. Yeah. And then I think the actual crime killer won yeah. after they yeah. all killed her. Yeah. He had, no, he had some great stuff. That one was pretty good. Mm -hmm. And had good art too. Yeah. No, the artwork for that one was actually a lot of fun. That was probably my favorite artwork that, again, like, because. Brian Judge, his artwork isn't like 
in the normal sense of fantastic art, but for Crime Killer, I think it's very, very good. Right. Like it fits Crime Killer to a T. It does. Yeah. Whereas the other ones are sometimes more in the classical sense, better artwork, but not for Crime Killer. Yeah, totally. Right, right. It's so like, yeah, his his artwork is, I mean, it's like sketchy. It's like hard to read sometimes, but it it fits perfectly because that's kind of the whole point. Yeah. Like you would not see his artwork in um, uh, Marvel or DC. It's too... Uh, yeah, as you put it, sketchy. Like I could possibly see it in um, maybe a a spawn every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. Uh, okay, so we talked about the story a little bit, or the various stories. Um, the art. We we kind of just touched on the art. Do you have anything else to say about the art? Um, different styles, different fashions. Um. It kind of, again, you kind of hit, again, it's an excellent anthology omnibus. You kind of hit everything. Like there's artwork that's in the classical sense, very good. The artwork that's in the um, crime killer sense is very good. It's, I've always been impressed by the artwork. I think all the artists were really good, to be fair. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I yeah. think, I, you, I'm not I trying see to that they all have different them. styles. I think they're but... all fantastic artists um, yeah. and each have their own kind of distinct way of interpreting it in their own right, which is a really cool idea. Yeah. Uh, okay, no so pumpkin heads. That's the only thing I can disagree with. What I really liked was that none of them were in color. Um, yes. Well, Crime Killer is not a color-based comic, in my opinion. Right, but I bet some of these artists do co- color. I'm, sure, I'm their... sure some of them do color, but like Crime Killer is a comic that if it was in color, it would be so noir anyway. So I'd be like, you don't bother. It's better <laughs> without it. Yeah. Um, so, so that kind of covers the color. What about the je ne sais quoi? Uh, the je ne sais quoi is, again, it's just kind of like this fun, small, like, tidbit thing. Like, it's the perfect comic that, like, if you're like, I'm bored, I've got two seconds, read one quick issue and go back to doing whatever. It's like the perfect coffee break issue. Where- yeah, it would be like a good coffee table book, actually. Yeah. If you have a coffee table, consider mm-hmm. buying this book. Yeah. If you don't have a coffee table, consider buying it too. Yeah, it's it's like eighty pages. It's worth. Yeah, it's, it's worth a good money. it's a good read. But again, it's just one of those reads that's just perfect just to quickly do, quickly undo, um, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was that um, I liked seeing the different artists' takes on it. I think that was really kind of a really nice addition to this character, and. It was fun. I mean, Brian had a lot of work in this book. So yeah. when he did transfer over to other artists, you you already had a very solid understanding of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still wonder if Brian edited like any of them or like if Brian's <laughs> just like, whatever you bring me, I'm going to accept no matter what. I'm pretty sure he just accepted everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he did too. I mean, Brian's a good guy in that too. So yeah. Uh, yeah, but but I think in terms of like, I mean, and then it's like having other writers in the, in the writing room, like tell this, tell jokes about the same subject. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like kind of cool to see other people's takes on the world, you know? You know, the, you remember the picture joke where people, for those of you that aren't watching, I'm doing the word picture, like pretending to take a camera picture 
picture like throwing a pitcher like on a baseball field and then pitcher like pouring a glass of water mm, pitcher yeah. it's kind of like that take <laughs> but were you talking about the same thing but not exactly the same thing at all yeah. that was a horrible example but i like it i'm gonna stick with it it was because pitcher like you're pouring a glass of water it's a totally separate thing from pictures doesn't have a t <laughs> you picture, just can't pronounce anything picture 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 oh god picture. uh cool so on a scale between a tree falling on top of a car that just ran into it and smashing uh and then the tree like continues to tumble like like a cartoon Oh, end over end. Maybe this is during a tornado, until it, until it runs into an orphanage, and and lights on fire because it it was also a very dry tree, and it and it ran right into the oven of the or- orphanage as the cookies were coming out, um, ruining all the cookies, not killing any of the orphans, but causing mil- millions of dollars of damage. So so that, and then. Two, being on the moon, having a billion dollars, and looking down at the people of Earth and calling yourself an astronaut. I'm going to rank it as... That was so bad. <laughs> what, what was bad? <laughs> what, what I was guess bad it's, so, like, it's so like, just hard to think of. Like, I'm going to rank it as the tree falling on you on your car but you didn't hit it but you get to turn that tree into a great sculpture so like you got some damage but you got a lot of good out of it you were able to use that tree for something but that was the bad one i was <laughs> i'm saying that like that what i'm saying like it wasn't the nasa astronaut thingy but the hey, repeat them again i'm confused so the bad one I got. What was the okay. good one again? Not the bad one you clearly didn't understand. So the bad one is a, a car hits a tree. The tree falls onto the car, but then continues to flip end over end until it runs into an orphanage. And it goes so far into the orphanage, it runs into the oven and lights on fire and burns ruins, on the orphanage. ruins the cookies that were about to come out of the oven. It doesn't... It doesn't injure any of the orphans. Okay. But it does light on fire and possibly burns down the orphanage. That's implied, but wasn't said. Okay. What's the best one then? And two, like two, as in like from zero to, so this is two, being on the moon and having a billion dollars in your checking account. I don't want to live on the moon. No, no, just being there and looking at the earth. Okay. Having a billion dollars in your checking account and calling yourself an astronaut. I think both those suck. That's <laughs> why I was confused. Why I was thinking of my first one where you take where the tree falls in your car but doesn't fall end over end. And <laughs> you take the tree home and you turn it into a sculpture, a nice piece of artwork. So the tree has caused damage, but you've taken some good with the bad. That's what I'm ranking this in. So it's because so ash- that's not even close to the the good one. Things better than the you good didn't, one. You didn't incorporate no, the good the one at all. The good one is so dumb. No, I don't want to be Jeff Bezos. Nobody does. <laughs> I didn't say it was Jeff. It's Bezos. Jeff Bezos. It could have been a good billionaire. No good billionaire <laughs> went to the moon or space. Well, they might someday. 
Why? Because like, if you're like if Jeff, I would say, do you know if Jeff Bezos could have been a good billionaire? If he's like, I'm gonna take all the money to show how, the world how big of my cock is, and instead you say like, I'm actually gonna donate to something. That would have been the good thing to do. There, that's my answer. Except Jeff Bezos was a good person. That's how I'd rate it. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good rating. Okay. And and you sold your sculpture for a billion dollars or something what? like that. Yeah, Maybe you sold. Yeah, it, it's not perfect, but <laughs> you okay. you did something good with that money, but you still exploited millions upon millions of people and took advantage of a system that like was not prepared to deal with you to get that billion dollars. There you go. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And that car is still damaged. I this guess. car is still damaged. Your car is still damaged. Your BMW. All right. So good rating, good rating. Okay, so how would you rate this being your co-host doesn't get your example at all and continues to mock you constantly and insults your intelligence all the way to you say the greatest line in the world, but it wasn't being recorded, so no one hears it. It's, that's like a, that's definitely sort of like one of those philosophy questions, right? Like, what yeah. if you said the most interesting thing in the world, but nobody heard you? <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. So my, my co, my co-host is constantly looking at his computer and. I'm not... paying attention. I'm reading the comic, stupid. <laughs> what? I'm what comic the comic. The comic what? killer. Crime killer. I'm looking through it. Okay. And he, okay. So, and he's what? That, what else is he doing? He's been on YouTube. If I'm ever looking up into the right like this, that's me looking at the comic that we're talking about. If I'm ever like this, which is leaning back my arms crossed and looking away, it means I'm bored and don't care anymore. If I'm looking, so I hate to break the fourth <laughs> wall, but I've got three monitors going on right now. And the one straight on is the one with like the Zoom where we're recording and everything. The one to the right is where I put the comics so I can do it so I can see both. So if I'm looking to the right, I'm still listening. I'm just paying attention to everything else. I don't know whether they'll leave this in or cut it out. No, <laughs> leave it quick. in. Let them know. Let them know the dirty <laughs> secrets. Let them know how. Honestly, it's so boring and nobody cares. <laughs> Let them know how the chocolate's made. All right. Good ratings. <laughs> Good ratings. It's a good book. Go check it out. It's uh, a good book. I really actually do recommend it. It's oneandonlycomics.com. Mm -hmm. uh, his name's Brian Judge. You can find him one underscore and underscore only underscore comics on Instagram. I really recommend his work. I think he's a great artist. I think he's a lot of fun. And his other one, the Beagle, what is it called? The, not the Bagels. Grublins. Grublins. Also a fantastic read. I look forward to where that's going as well. Got lots of books on uh, his website for both Crime Killer and The Grublins. Mm -hmm. uh, those those also come out on Instagram all the time. So at least follow him. Follow him. Uh, He's got his stuff is if you follow him on Instagram, pretty much get his stuff for free. It's really worth the read. Yeah, totally. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. So thanks thanks for coming on the the show, Brian. And, Thank you uh, so much. Uh, we look forward to having you back on again. Yeah, we're dumb comic creators. It's too late to listen to is this it, podcast. I, I, so if I say it's too late, okay. I tell you what, the last episode we ever do, 
that will be the last that we'll put that on as our catchphrase. The last one we ever do. I can't believe you actually approved the catchphrase. It's for only one episode and the very, very last one we do. Like when this is done, when the asteroid hits the earth and we're signing off, like, <laughs> and it's too late to listen to this because we're all dead and zombies. Well, that that kind of be like the whole point of using that catchphrase. It's like yeah. it's too late to listen to this to this podcast. Yeah, it's, it's meant for day. it's meant for future people. Mm-hmm. It's not meant for people who listen this week or next then, week. No, the next terrible catchphrase. You don't make you it's, make stuff. It's now. meant for the Live aliens. The Live in the moment. now. You took meant- improv one hundred and one. You don't talk about future events. You talk about what's happening now. That's what they care about. It's a message to the future. It's a catchphrase that time travels. It time travels through space and time. It's method one clinic. It's meant for the aliens that dig and like archaeologists and find our remains of our civilization. It's too late to listen to this podcast. No, you don't like aliens? Okay. I'm done. I'm going off into my space world, but not without that. But without that catchphrase. All right. Well, it's been a good episode. It's been fantastic. All right. Uh, I guess I'll talk to you later. Uh, bye. Together we are Eric Schwartz, Keen Shiner, and together we are also Dom Comic Creators. Boom! Headshot. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>